Richmond, here we come. Sold out Seagull Center, ghosted Jefferson Davis. We're on the way. Do you realize this is going to be back-to-back -back state capitals for us? And back-to-back -back capitals of the Confederacy. Do you know what the third capital of the Confederacy was? You know, I looked it up and wrote it down, but it's not something that I remember. It's still in Virginia, and we actually probably will go through it later this year when we go to Liberty. Danville, Virginia. That's right, Danville, Virginia. Huh. The concept behind the Bearded Car Cast is simple. Dave and I go to a lot of games for Winthrop University. We sit in the car for a long time. And we do a lot of talking. It's part travel log, our adventures on the road, and it's part basketball and a whole lot of jibber jabber. <laughs> Sometimes we say something interesting. The itinerary today, Mike, it's Richmond, Virginia, a very historical yep. place and for us, Winthrop at Virginia Commonwealth, a really history-rich basketball program, one of only two teams in the country to win 24 games or more in each of the last 11 seasons, a perennial NCAA tournament participant, and a really good challenge in VCU for Winthrop. Not only that day, but this is a very well-supported team probably be a sellout tonight and the Steagle Center is a very difficult place to play. Yeah, they've sold out over a hundred straight games. They lose rarely at home. It's a great environment. They're really, really into it. So we've got the game tonight and we've got, what do you think, five hours of driving ahead of us? It's just under five hours as long as we don't hit traffic knock on wood. Okay. And a bunch of talk on the way, we're going to have lunch with my friend Andy Jones, who you used to be colleagues yeah. with when he worked. I could, I, you could say our friend. Our friend, Andy yeah. Jones, who you used to be colleagues with yeah. at <laughs> IMG. Yeah. And he's now working and living in Richmond. He's and we have no idea what he does, but we'll find out. Yeah, something in business. And then we're going to spend an hour or two cruising around downtown Richmond. We've got some options. Have you decided? Do you like one of those options better a bunch of different historical places there's some museums there's a cemetery yeah i know there's a church a lot of uh, civil war type stuff the good thing is from where we're going from lunch a lot of that stuff is kind of close by so we might be able to actually hit a couple yeah and the great thing about richmond and about vcu is the arena is right downtown yes so we can park once and walk around and see a bunch of things and have a good meal. We're going to the Secret Sandwich Society for lunch, and I, I peeked at the menu. All of their sandwiches are named for presidents, oh. and uh, it, it, it looks good. I, I have high hopes. That was Jones's pick, so it should be fun. Pressure is on, Jones. That's right. Carter Blackburn has given us a couple of very good suggestions, so our expectations are high. The XFL may be coming back. Did you see they, they have trademarked, they've put, filed a trademark up on He Hate Me, XFL. I didn't know the XFL still existed so they could have trademarks. Well, I'm sorry, the WWE's done that. Huh. Well, I guess that's a good idea. I don't think he can still play. I'm not sure he could ever really play. Special You know, teamer, he right? was actually, yeah, he actually, he actually filled a nice role. He was a good role player. Was he a gunner? Uh, he did a lot of different things. Did a lot of different things. 
Uh, and I think smart. there are a couple of games. Rod Smart, yeah. I think he actually played a couple of games. Had a, you know, it was one of those years where. Uh, what did he play? A secondary? Of, no, he's a running back. Oh, yeah, he was a running back. He hate me. He hate me. I mean, that is the most memorable part of the XFL. That and the um, how you got the possession of the football. Oh, that's right. You that know, you, they put the ball. The, yeah. Yeah, the two guys running at full speed and just colliding and wrestling for the ball. But here's the problem, or not problem, but here's the thing about the WWE getting involved. If, 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 the, if the mantra is football isn't tough enough, football isn't you know, aggressive enough, but you have this backdrop of injuries, that, that's not going to solve the, the concussion head injury issue. No, it's, it's going to exacerbate worse. it. Absolutely. When they did that thing at midfield, did they do that at the beginning of both halves or only the beginning of the game? Because if they only did it at the beginning of the game, Bill Belichick would defer. <laughs> <laughs> they must have done it during both halves, I think they right? did, yeah. <laughs> but if they did it during both halves, one team could get more possessions than the other team. Yeah, Here's but that's the, a survival of the fittest deal, right? Totally. I don't know. I, I've tried to brainstorm how an alternative NFL could work. And it's unclear to me whether there is enough of an audience for kind of the old NFL, the rough and tumble NFL, or if you somehow could, like the USFL did, attract a few stars if you raised enough sure. money. What, what if you could get one of the young guys in the draft this year, say it's Sam Darnold, mm-hmm. who would be like a number one, number two overall pick, and he's like the future of the league. And at the same time, you got like an aging star. I don't know. That's well, kind of what the USFL did. Right. So you got you got Sam Darnold and Eli Manning and a few other names. Maybe every team in the new XFL had one or two names that we were familiar with. Would that spark people to watch? Not week one. I think people would watch the first week, but week two and week five and week six. What if you put the teams in markets that were starved for teams? What if you put a team in Sacramento as opposed to in New York City? Well, and what's the timing? Do you, I mean, you can't run up against the NFL. It doesn't seem like a good idea. Right? I, can you play games on Wednesday night during the fall? And we have NFL football on Monday, Thursday, and Sunday and college football on Friday, and high school football, or high school football on Friday, and college football on Saturday, what if you played on Wednesday nights? Or what if you did this? What if you, what is the bane of everybody that does sports talk, right? It's that time after the NBA Finals. What if you did, not a minor league, but maybe like a a tryout league, if you will, where you start the games like the first, first weekend after the NBA Finals, and you go up until like maybe the middle of training camp. And it's a feeder system. Yeah. I don't know, but does anybody watch the NBA G League? I mean, are you branding yourself as a minor league or are you branding yourself as a competition? Well, and if you're branding yourself as a minor league, then you're becoming more of an event, uh, an event producer. But that's kind of what the WWE is. So maybe that is the niche. I I mean, I personally love watching the NFL. Like college football, I don't watch it 
in a crazed sort of way outside of the really, really big games. But people don't seem to tire of watching football, whereas no one would suggest we need more basketball, more hockey. But football, you only have the 16-game NFL season. People watch preseason games. People watch the Pro Bowl. So maybe there is a market for more football? Well, I don't know. The fatigue factor in football, though, doesn't exist on Thursdays. And there's two, there's two reasons why Thursdays, I think, are getting a lot of attention. One, obviously, the players don't want to play on Thursday. There's a, a, maybe a health issue. You know, are you exposing the players maybe to more risk because they're not getting the longer times to, to get healthy or, or to get their bodies you know, rested? And then is, there, is it just too much? Because is is, the ratings on Thursdays haven't been what I think everybody would have wanted them to be. Right, but they're still, in the big scheme of things, really good. Yes, they're, they're down and maybe they're not the, the huge ratings that people thought they could be or wanted them to be. But they're still getting really rich off the games. Yeah. Could there be a way, and I guess there's no reason for the NFL to do this because the NFL can create their own product if they want to, but what if the XFL worked with the NFL and they were some sort of like feeder system and in doing so, the NFL seeded them Thursday nights and it was kind of a branded thing. That would get the NFL players off of playing on Thursday. The NFL would still have a product on Thursday. Could there be a partnership of some sort? The problem with that is then you would have to have the same rules as the NFL, and that seems to be the opposite of what Vince right. McMahon wants. Right. That's that's interesting, having something on a Thursday night. And maybe, you, well, I don't know if you'd want to expose players to risk, but maybe that's a thing where if a guy's working his way back into health, you know, you send a yeah. you know, running back there to, you know, you wouldn't play the whole game, but maybe you, you kind of like what, you, what a MLB rehab is. Exactly. And, and, and in the same vein, you could even have teams that were, you know, kind of like the developmental league was several years ago. You could have um, 16 yeah. X League teams or G League teams, whatever you want to call them, two NFL teams per minor league team. And then if you suffer an injury, it'd be kind of like a taxi squad. You could call yeah. guys up if you wanted to. Or you could make make a couple teams just complete free agent teams. Yep. And the top two teams in that experimental league would then take the place of the worst two NFL teams the next year. Yep. Yeah, I, well, that's, that's the old uh, the, relegation. The, that's, yeah. that's the soccer deal, which is That would be interesting. Brilliant. Yeah, I mean, the Cleveland Browns should be playing in single A right now. <laughs> I love that. I mean, it always seems to me you get to a point in the year where there are meaningless games. Yeah. What's the point of meaningless games? Honestly, there are teams right now, I just read an article this morning about how Jimmy Garoppolo winning three straight games yeah. has been very beneficial to everyone but the 49ers, <laughs> right? It's been yeah. beneficial to, well, I guess it's beneficial for the 49ers because they have their quarterback of the future, all of that. Yeah. But now they're going to have to pay him even more than they were right. previously unless they franchise him. But it's been really beneficial to the Browns draft pick and the Giants sure. draft pick. Like, that's the whole point of the lottery, right, in the NBA and in the NHL. I mean... Right. But he's been a merchant of hope for the 49ers themselves. Oh, 100%. Because now they believe, like, they can compete and they get... 
and, that, and that's great. And Kyle Shanahan seems like the right guy. Like the 49ers are fine. Yeah. But their winning is hurting their draft position. Whereas in the NBA, it would be hurting the number of ping pong balls they have. There's just right, but but th- think of it this way though. One of the reasons why you want to get that number one pick, I'd say seventy or eighty percent, is to get a franchise quarterback. You may not already have your franchise quarterback, and he's young. Absolutely, but if the 49ers hadn't played Garoppolo right. and had finished in the bottom two, they could then hold that for a king's ransom by trading it in the same way that the trade for Carson Wentz right. ended up being very valuable in the same way that the trade for RG3 ended up being right. very but this, valuable. But, but by keeping Garoppolo, you had a very good draft. You got some good defensive players you picked up in the draft. What you're suggesting puts them back another year or two, and this maybe accelerates them to being relevant no. next year. I love the Garoppolo trade, and quite honestly, I probably would have played him too because you want to see what you have. Yeah. But if you really want to manipulate the system, you trade for Garoppolo, you don't play him, you either sign him or you franchise him, and you have a horrible record. You have that number one or number two. I know, but pick, but you're still you a year or two it. away from winning, whereas. They f- I bet they'll go into the next season thinking like they can be a playoff team. And if they did what you're suggesting, there may be a year or two after that. Just because Garoppolo played like five, six games this year? I mean, you would have the exact same guy. You just wouldn't have actually seen him play in but, games. But you have a team that's starting to gel and be cohesive. And they're starting to feel confidence and get feel good about themselves. So that's they're gonna really go into, interesting. So, the, so they're going to go into the offseason feeling like they got a chance next year. Whereas... It, what you're suggesting, you'd be starting from scratch trying to build that chemistry from, from week one. Now you go into next season, you've already got a head start on that. It's a really interesting point. Do you get more out of that feeling good about yourself, that confidence, that continuity? Do you go into next year thinking, we're making the playoffs, we can make a run, we're two or three years away from winning the Super Bowl, or do you get more out of having that draft pick and trading it for an extra number? I think it's the answer number one pick, but you, there's no doubt the 49ers over-under for wins next year is going to be like eight or nine right. or something, whereas if Garoppolo hadn't played but was on the roster, it would be like six or seven. I think we just had our first technical difficulties on the <laughs> bearded car cast, so... Hopefully, everything we've just talked about is is good to go. But you and I are preparers, and maybe the moral of the story is we need to go to Costco and buy about, you know... Well, I don't think the batteries are the issue. I just think the levels were just down too low. Yeah, but I like to have... I mean, we bring every other piece I know, of gear I know. on these. Well, no, well, I, had, I had the batteries. I just left them in the other case. Yep. When I consolidated, that's, I forgot that they were in there. Yep. Okay. And plus we have road noise. We do. That's what you get when you have a car cast. Really? When you do your podcast from a studio, you very rarely hear road noise. Yeah, you don't get road noise. Although, didn't didn't ESPN 730 have a car barrel into the studio a year or two ago? (laughs) That would be uh, unnerving. That would be very unnerving. That reminds me of one of my absolute favorite stories as a kid. There was a pizza restaurant that we loved. And the guy that owned the pizza place and worked at the pizza place every day was your classic 
New Yorker. Just kind of a greasy, loud mouth guy with an attitude and wasn't afraid to tell you exactly how he felt about everything. And he really, really liked my mom. Mm. And he would always complain about things. And my mom, like, in the 30 seconds she went to pick up a pizza, would know everything going on with this guy and his wife yeah. and his kids. And one day we read in the newspaper, it was a, it was a small place in a strip mall. Yeah. Someone came to pick up their pizza and wasn't paying attention or whatever the situation was. And they drove right front oh, of the pizza place, over the curve and into the pizza place. And now you've got three quarters of a car in the pizza place. So they call 911 and make sure everyone's okay. And someone walks in like 10, 15 minutes later and is like, hey, I ordered a pizza. Is that pizza ready? <laughs> the guy's like, there's a car in the pizza place. What are you talking about? So can I get a meatball sub instead? <laughs> We've been telling that story in my family for easily 20 years, maybe 25 or 30. But there was a picture in the newspaper of a car right. in the pizza place. In the pizza place. Is that extra? Yeah. <laughs> and the pizza place looked like, you know, it, it was a small place. If you yeah. drove your car in there, your car would be occupying half of the entire restaurant. I don't think I'm going to be able to eat a piece of pizza and see all that oil and not think of that story. Yeah. Are there any of the chains you like or are willing to eat their pizza? The only chain that we really, I would say, uh, are loyal to is Domino's. And that's just because our son. And, and, you know, when you have kids and anybody that... The 11-year-old sometimes is running the house. Well, the 11-year-old is... Does John it's like fickle. Domino's because he sees the commercials for him or he really likes the pizza or some combination question. thereof? My guess is it's some combination thereof. Yeah. So Domino's, your advertising is very effective. My favorite. Uh, but, yeah, but but like there's some other, and I won't name them, but there's some other places that he just won't, he won't touch you. He's like, I'm not going to eat that. My favorite story about him and food is watching all the Big South games and then demanding you guys go to Hardee's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. Did he like it? He did. He did? Yeah, Have we, you gone back? No. No. <laughs> but in fairness, that's not an indictment on Hardee's. It's just not one really that close to us. So. Yeah, that's right. You kind of had to go we had out to, of your we had way. To go, yeah, we had to kind of go out of our way to get it. That's funny. Did he get whatever it was? That What, what do they show on that ad? It's a burger, Yeah, right? no, it was like the big Juicy Tasty or something Did like that. Did he get that? Yeah, we both got it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why those advertising execs spend those millions of dollars. You're gonna love this. So one of my best friends, one of the guys that was in the wedding, yeah. has been listening to the podcast. And he goes, hey, I've been listening to the podcast, it's pretty good. Um, but just so I'm clear, are you guys actually in a car? <laughs> yes. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, are you driving? I'm like, yeah. And he's just like, does it not seem like a problem that you're one of the worst drivers I know <laughs> and you're trying to do a podcast at the same time? And I'm like, no, no, what, what's the problem? 
The thing is, I admit that I'm not a very good driver, yeah. but I think I'm a very good freeway driver. Yeah. Like, I'm really good when I'm not dealing with directions. I'm atrocious you're horrible with, with directions. directions. But I admit that. But you're not even good in directions and like walking around a building. No, I'm awful with directions. If you tell me the bathroom is that way, I will walk the other direction. Yeah. If you tell me to go get the mail, I'll go to the wrong mailbox. I'm bad with directions. Good job, Andy Jones. Good job, Andy Jones. But don't tell anyone. Shh. The Secret Sandwich Society. Pretty good. Good sandwich. That uh, fried chicken on like a butter toasted bun, but it was the best, one of the best rolls I've ever had. I love sandwiches. Yeah. Just always have loved sandwiches. I went with the McKinley. All of their sandwiches are named for presidents. Mine was a meatloaf sub with like a kind of sweet and spicy aioli and uh, really tasty. I got the french fries with pimento cheese on them. Where do you, you suppose just... we're going? Oh, good question. <laughs> we're, uh, we're headed to the campus of VCU, to the Seagull Center. We're going to park there. We're going to set up for the game, and then we're going to go back out to Monument Street and check out a little of the history and a little of the charm of the city and then head back in and broadcast the game. In a bearded car cast first, if you had Dave as the first one of us to get pulled over, Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> if you've ever driven with either of us, you would have had Dave as the first to get pulled over. So what was the uh, final infraction? What did he say? He said I was going 84 in a 70 on our way back from Richmond <laughs> to Rock Hill. And when he, said, uh, when he said, do you know why I am pulling you over? I said, no. Which and is true. I, which is true because I thought that he was a fan of the car cast right. and he recognized the car. Well, how about the fine and the punishable for up to a year in jail? He claims reckless driving, right? That, that's what he said, but uh, he ran the driver's license and he ran your registration and he, he told us that uh, he was sparing us. And That's the funny part of the story, though. You were driving, but it was my car. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> if you'd given us a ticket, don't even... It's my ticket. No, I know it's your ticket, but just explaining that to Sam. It's like <laughs> driving the car, but... I never even... But honey, he got the ticket, really. You know, really. I, I, I never even considered that. No, That's she it. it's, a, it's the driver's ticket. Now, Nicole, this, is, this might be the single funniest story my wife has. She has a friend. And the friend and a buddy, when they were in their 20s, were driving cross country. And they didn't have any money. And they were very motivated to get cross country very quickly. So as opposed to stopping and crashing for a few hours, Mm -hmm. they just drove straight through. And it's the middle of the night. And the one guy in the driver's seat says, hey, man, uh, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna nod off for a little bit here. Why don't you drive? And the other guy says, Yeah, yeah, no problem. But they agree they don't want to quote waste the time to pull over and switch. So they put oh, the geez. car on um, uh, auto drive cruise on cruise control, and the guy in the passenger seat does the steering. I mean, there are long stretches of straight oh, highway, and the other guy puts it in cruise control and is like relaxed in the driver's seat, like with the chair back. Yeah. And some time goes by, an hour, two hours, whatever it is, and the guy in the passenger seat starts nudging the guy sleeping in the driver's seat <laughs> and goes, hey man, you're getting pulled over. Oh, jeez. You're <laughs> getting pulled over. You're asleep. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, yeah. Honesty's the best policy, though. We told them the truth. Yeah, exactly. Told exactly. Told we were uh, working all day. And working all day, trying to get back you know, I think he went family. back and Googled and said, wait a minute, what's our floss today? I can't give these guys Yeah, are those the CarCast guys? I think then they would have doubled the fine. What do you think would have happened if we invited him to be part of them? <laughs> the thought went through my mind, but he didn't look like, he was a local sheriff. He wasn't like a highway patrolman or a state yeah. police. I think it's state police. I don't know that he would have had a sense of humor about that. But he was, hey, I mean, no, in the end, he, he seemed it, pretty he did reasonable. Seem yeah, he was a decent guy. Very good I mean, like very you nice. said, maybe maybe they're looking for something. It's holiday. Maybe they're yeah. looking for drunk drivers or whatever. But, uh, I mean, we, we got spared. I got spared. And, you know, that makes a loss and a long trip somewhat more tolerable. But um, I will say this. When so, I was so, ye- do you need to put five dollars in the bearded carcass yes, kangaroo court? Yes, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, we were talking about pooling our money to buy the Panthers. Well, yeah. I'm in for an extra five spot, five spot than you are. I do think though that young people, when they get pulled over, this is my experience. Yeah. When I was young and I got pulled over, I'd always get a ticket. Oh. And the older I've gotten and maybe I get it's pulled over, maybe because you have a lead foot. Yeah, maybe. I, it, Maybe I don't go as fast. Maybe maybe I'm smarter about it. But like, you get pulled over. It, it, it's the nature of the beast. It happens from time to time if you're trying to make right. decent time. And I, I'm wondering if just older people, just you're closer in age to the cop, and yeah. maybe they spare you a little bit more. I don't know. All right. So here's how you set the cruise control. Yeah. Hit, hit the cruise because literally this just happened. We just we just got away from the officer like two minutes ago and then whatever speed you want just hit the plus and then if you want to go up you can go plus more okay see and and your car is a lot newer than mine i have cruise control in my car but yeah but when you don't know the controls yeah there's no plus or minus i also haven't used i have almost two hundred thousand miles on my car i've been driving that car for 10 years i've driven across country a bunch of times but uh i bet i haven't used the cruise control in five years wow. I just I like actually driving the car but in this case I also like not getting tickets oh you do I like not getting tickets yeah I can understand I that, that. I, yeah. let, let, we're gonna shoot for that for the rest of the car cast unfortunately <laughs> I don't know how successful we're gonna be I, I have gotten one ticket in all my years driving to or from a Winthrop game I got a ticket on the way back from Presbyterian several years ago Last ticket I got was coming back from Campbell. Uh, I did. I cut through, like the Yuhari Forest, like over yeah. to uh, Albemarle. I just chided you jokingly about the cruise control, right? So, but I actually had the cruise control set. Every time I saw a speed limit marker, I, I set it. it for yeah. But apparently, I missed one. <laughs> so I'm coming up over this rise, and all of a sudden, I see this 
the lights, the blue lights, flashing blue lights. I'm like, what the? And the guy pulls me over. He was very nice. And I, you know, explained to him, I'm, I'm coming back from a winter game. And I, you know, I need to get home. You know, it's late, blah, 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 blah. And he said, yeah. I said, you know, I'd like to cut you a break here. But, you know, the, you missed the sign that said, you know, slow down or something like that. I said, oh, I said honest to God, I did not see such a sign. And? and I'm thinking, all right, well, maybe he'll give me a warning or maybe he'll... He's like, okay, well, here's your ticket. <laughs> the only thing he did the only thing he did for <laughs> Thanks me... Thanks a lot, guy. The only thing he did do for me was he knocked it down. I think it was the same kind of deal. It was like a 14-mile over. Right, right, And he cut right. it down to like seven. But it cost me like... Uh, I think I had to pay like... I, I paid a lawyer like $250 oh. to take care of it. But then I didn't I didn't have to go to court. I didn't have to... They, they pleaded it out, and as long as I didn't get another ticket in, like, two years, it went away, and so that's what happened. And that's the cost of doing a car cast. <laughs> so I've gone about another 10 miles without getting a ticket, so things are looking good here on the Bearded Car Cast. And what a day we had today in Richmond. You know, it started out with a great ride coming up, and hopefully everybody enjoyed the content they just heard. We had a great lunch today with our good friend Andy Jones. We got to see a little of the history of Richmond. And then at the Siegel Center, saw a good basketball game. Unfortunately for Winthrop, though, they came up a little bit short in a couple areas, and that really ended being the, the difference of the game, particularly which you would have thought with Winthrop's strength ended up being their weakness tonight, and that was the three-point line. If you believe, like I do, that Winthrop is going to be a good three-point shooting team for most of the season. They're a very, very skilled offensive team. Josh Ferguson and Xavier Cooks are good inside guys. I think come Big South Conference play, Jermaine Ukebu is going to be a pretty effective player, and they have a lot of shooters around those three bigs. If you think they're going to be a good offensive team, and tonight they shot the ball poorly. They went 3 of 25 on threes. They missed their first 11 and their last 11 triples. You just kind of chalk it up. It's a bad shooting day. It's not a great day to have a bad day. Yeah. It's a game they could have won against a pretty good team in a cool environment. But I think as you begin conference play in a week and a half, you see some serious positives. All right, so if you want to get involved in the Bearded Car Cast, and we really think this would be a great mailbag topic if you want to give us your best stories of getting pulled over, maybe getting out of a <laughs> ticket, you can do that. Hashtag Bearded Carcast. If you want to email us, which is probably the best way to go, it's beardedcarcast at outlook.com. You can follow us on Twitter at beardedcarcast. I am at Mike Pacheco81. He is at Friedman underscore Dave. And before we wish everybody a happy holidays, remember next week we have a special two parter. This is part one. Next week we'll have part two, and it's more a flavor of what we talk about on the Bearded Carcast. Kind of the Maybe non-sports and some of the fun and life and real life and food and, and beverage and drink A experience. light ending to the year. Yeah, light ending to the year. So that's going to be the preview going into the new year. Happy holidays. Yeah.